Today's show. We'll recap the weekend that was at Texas Motor Speedway. Plus, we'll look ahead to Talladega as it should be an exciting one. David Starr and Dominic Aragon will join me in just one moment from right now. Before we do that, today's show is presented by Ticket Smarter. Ticket Smarter came aboard as the primary sponsor this year in David's 08 Ford Mustang, and we want to tell you a little bit more about what they do. Ticket Smarter is a national ticket resale marketplace with tickets to over 125,000 live events including NASCAR and other forms of motorsports. Fancy the tickets every NASCAR, Cup, Xfinity, and Camping World truck race throughout the season. For the best deals on tickets, visit Ticketsmarter.com to get your tickets today. That's Ticketsmarter.com. David Starr joins us right now. David, a uh, fun weekend at a Texas Motor Speedway. We were all there having a good time. And on the uh, Cup side, a win for Tyler Reddick, his third of 2022. Man, it was a great weekend. I saw a lot of great friends and uh seemed like the, the racing was crazy on the you know, the racing was nuts, but uh it was just a a great week with all the connectus people there and and you know, all the sponsors we had there and uh man, just always a fun weekend. Wish uh wish our racing team, our SS Greenlight and our uh 08 Ford Mustang, we'd have had a better luck. It just seemed like 2022, man, it's just been a challenging year for us it seemed like uh you know we uh can't catch a break a little a little unlucky there had we have been for a while but uh but man all in all uh both races were just uh they were crazy man just exciting and nuts and uh you know you didn't expect what we saw sunday afternoon and uh man you know after my tire blew out and i hit the wall saturday afternoon the xfinity race man it was it was just uh I've never seen so many crashed up race cars in the garage, but man, it was an exciting, exciting weekend. Dominic Oregon, the RacingExperts.com joins us as well. Dom, you were there with us this weekend. We had a great time there at Texas, and uh, Sunday was a uh, wild day with a ton of Reddick there coming out on top. Absolutely. Crazy race weekend with no rain in the forecast. We got a little bit of a delay, but that was okay. We got the race in, but man, some tire issues for a lot of teams. But all in all, it was a great weekend and a lot of fun to see both of you. And Tyler was a lot of fun to hang out with, as we we heard on the show last week, fans asking if David felt like this was his homecoming. We hung out with the homecoming king. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Uh, you know, it, it was cool, guys. You know, every, everywhere we go at that track, people stop us, recognize us, and, and uh, I mean – supporting this show everywhere we do it for the fans we do it because you guys and and uh it's uh it's humbling it's awesome isn't it david just see uh the support we get you know everywhere we go and and uh texas motor speedway people uh or uh did not disappoint again no no doubt about man people uh people love our podcasts you know you guys do a great job and we try to bring them in some you know from behind the scene information and stuff, uh, you know, share some of our knowledge and, and share uh, some great stories. And man, it's cool to, to see that, that, that people are, 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 you know, tuning into our podcast. It's pretty awesome. Like you said, Tyler, it's humbling. It's, uh, it's amazing, you know, but uh, you, you and Dominic, man, y'all do a heck of a job, dude. It's awesome. Hey, we're glad to do it. Uh, let's, uh, let's talk about this weekend uh, at Texas. 
with uh, Tyler Reddick getting that win, um, he's out of the playoff. But a third win on the season for him, his future at RCR is unknown. And, you know, he, he gets this done, a career year for him. What, what, a, what a statement by Tyler Reddick, David, that even with – you could argue that he has literally nothing to race for, right? Not in the playoff. He's not coming back to that card next year. There's conflict with him and RCR, and he puts all of that aside to go out there and dominate the end of the race and get that win like that. To me, that spoke volumes of Tyler Reddick and how he's not giving up, how hard he's working still to win races with this race team here. Dude, I don't know. I mean, I mean, you know, Tyler, Dominic, and Tyler. I mean, you guys, a racer's a racer, man. No, no, no matter what the circumstances of the of your contract, of your racing team, man, when you climb inside that race car and they drop that green flag, there's only one thing on our minds. That's go to the front and try to win a race, you know. And uh, you know, and 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 man, no different from all our stars in the NASCAR Cup racing. I mean, Tyler Reddick. Uh, you know, you hear a lot of different rumblings and rumors. You know, we don't know if they're if it's factuals or not. But uh, you know, uh, man, that, guy, that kid's been on fire all year long. He's fast every week, lots of speed, drives the wheels off those race cars. You know, I don't know if he has two or three Xfinity championships, but man, just uh, one of the uh, one of the sport's future great star. I mean, he's uh, we're gonna see Tyler Reddick winning lots more races and championships. And, uh, excuse me, uh, you know, and, and uh, man, you know, you don't know what the situation is going on over there at Richard Childress Racing, but, man, I don't know what's going on, but they got fast race cars or winning races, and, man, who, uh, you know, if there's any, any, if any truth is all these rumors that we hear, I mean, winning races has to fix a lot of things, you know, I don't know you know, what his future looks like next year, what they're doing. But I do know that, you know, Toyota's got to be just tickled pink. I mean, you're just, you know, just so excited that the future, to have Tyler Reddick come over to a Toyota with 23-11 in 2024, man, you know they got to be so excited and can't wait until that year gets here because, man, I mean, you know, they lose, they lost Kyle Busch, but, man, Gaining Tyler Reddick and see what he's done this year is amazing. You know, like I said, I think he's going to be a uh, multiple championship race car driver in the Cup Series. And uh, But, man, you know, it's exciting. Then you look at Kyle Busch. I mean, you know, had some more bad luck at Texas this week. Lost a right rear tire. Put him in the wall. Put him out of the race early in the race. He was disappointed. But, uh, but you know, you got to be thinking and knowing that, Kyle Busch sees what that A-car is doing at Richard Childress Racing. You know, he's got to be excited about the future to see the, you know, the car he's going to step off into the next, you know, 2023 and, and beyond is dominating races. So it's kind of interesting how it's all playing out in front of us. So with that said, along those same lines, Dom, I'll, I'll toss to you. Um, we see what Tyler Reddick's doing and how well he's racing, even – out of the playoffs to winning races, even, you know, for a team that he's not going to be with in the future, he's still giving his best in winning races and how well they're doing. Kyle Busch, we know his history, multiple-time champion. Uh, you know, he's out of the playoff and everything, but still one of the best to ever do it in the sport. 
essentially, this is basically a trade, right? I mean, it, between Chevy and Toyota here uh, of trading, you know, marquee drivers. Chevy loses Tyler Reddick but gains Kyle Busch. Toyota gets, you know, Kyle Busch and, or Toyota loses Kyle Busch, gains Tyler Reddick. Who wins the trade? Uh, you know, we talk about that in other sports all the time. But at the end of the day, it, who who do you think is going to come out on top on the better end? Is it Toyota getting Tyler Reddick or is it Chevrolet getting Kyle Busch? Who would you rather have if you were a manufacturer or a car owner, Dominic? Man, great question. And, I, David, I'd love your insight on this too, but I think it's kind of one of those double-edged sword questions that has two answers. If you look in the short term, Definitely Richard Childress is your big winner. Kyle Busch and Chevrolet, you have an instant proven winner, a multi-champion taking over that eight car. But when you look at the long-term effect of this, Tyler Reddick is the younger driver. And we know that time is undefeated. As time rolls on, drivers step away. Drivers retire. Father time is undefeated. Tyler Reddick has a lot more, in theory, time on his side. So in the long term, I would say Toyota, 2311 Racing, have won. They have hit it out of the park with Tyler Reddick, certainly a future superstar in our Cup Series. What about you, David? Who uh, who wins this trade? Is it Toyota or is it Chevy? Well, I kind of agree with Dominic. You know, short term, I think. Uh, you know, I think right now Chevy's. You know, they're they're excited about Kyle Busch. You know, and like I remember, David Wilson with Toyota Racing said, "Man, we don't want to have to compete against a pissed off Kyle Busch." You know, and uh, you know to see what Richard Childress racing, what Hendricks has done, Hendrick Motorsports, and what the Chevys have done this year. And how dominant, and, and, you know, for Tyler Reddick to win three races, I mean, he's fast week in and week out. You know, the Ch Richard Childress Racing Cars, their organization, to me, looks like a championship caliber team, even though Tyler Reddick and, and, and Austin Dillon won't be part of that championship race at Phoenix. Uh, but, man, to plug in one of the all-time best drivers, I mean, amazing, you know. And then uh, to see what Tyler Reddick has done in his short career in NASCAR already, man, you know, you know, Toyota's just so excited, you know, I mean, to, to know that they're going to have Ty Gibbs, Tyler Reddick, uh, you know, and, you know, those, even those, those two guys uh, in the, uh, it looks like those two guys are going to be their future, you know, I mean, how can you not be excited about those two guys, you know, so uh, I don't, you know, I think short term, there's a winner short term, there's also a winner on the long term side of it. But man, it looks like uh, it's kind of interesting to watch it all play out in front of us. But I think they're all going to be winners. It's all going to work out for everybody. Okay, so maybe I'm playing devil's advocate here, but uh, I'm going to, I like what both of you had to say, and I'm not saying you're wrong, but I'll disagree based on some numbers. I know Dominic's the numbers guy around here, but here's what I would point to. <laughs> last three years, Kyle Busch has won four cup races. In the last year, Tyler Reddick has won three. Tyler Reddick's younger. Um, the sky is the limit. Kyle Busch, his best driving days might be behind him, quite frankly. Um, and more time... With Tyler Reddick, you know, as we mentioned, the age thing, I personally would rather have Tyler Reddick right now. Uh, I know that he still has to take the next step for competing for championships, but I think he's well on his way, quite frankly, Dom. Man, and he's won championships under this format in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. He's a two-time champion. He's one of the two different teams, JRM in 2018 and 
or Childress in 2019. So Reddick knows how to get it done. I think that championship, that professionalism is there. Time is on his side. And that's why I think long-term, the more time plays out, Tyler Reddick is going to come out as the clear winner. And Toyota, 23-11 racing will be your big winners on this. It's it's short-term, right? Kind of like when Peyton Manning went to Denver to put football out there. Short-term. We knew that was going to be a short-term thing, but delivered a championship. Who's not to say Kyle Busch could go and deliver a championship for Richard Childress Racing? It certainly Doesn't could. This, it's staying even in the NASCAR world. Uh, it kind of reminds me of that whole Matt Kenseth, Joey Logano thing. Oh, big time. When Kenseth went over to Gibbs and automatically won seven races in 2013, and then Logano was finding success at Team Penske right away. Logano's won every year since he has joined Team Penske in 2013. And Kenseth lasted, what, five seasons at Joe Gibbs Racing? So it was a short-term deal, but Joe Gibbs Racing got to reap the benefits of that. Right. All right. That's a very good point. Uh, so with that, the uh, playoff picture now where things stand, and we've had a little bit of a shakeup in the playoff standing since Sunday with uh, William Byron being deducted 25 points with uh, his altercation there with uh, Denny Hamlin. So now your point standings as they sit. Logano, Chastain, Larson, Blaney, Hamlin, Suarez, Elliott, and Briscoe are your top eight. On the outside looking in, Cindric, Byron, Bell and Bowman are the other four on the outside looking in with uh, two races to go in this round. And, Dom, uh, there's a bit of separation, too. Joey Logano has a marginal lead above Alex Bowman, who has that uh, number 12 spot right now. It's, uh, there, was, there was some separation in the point standings this week. Definitely. And Logano, okay, you make up up to 59 points in a single cup series race based on how stage points work and how points work. He's got 56 points over Alex Bowman, pretty much an entire race lead, 12 points over Ross Chastain, who's sitting next in points. So really got him sitting pretty good heading into Talladega. And we know how crazy Talladega has been over the years. And the fact that it's in the middle of this round and not the end of the round, anything can happen. And, and guys, if you remember a few years back, it was, the I think, the 2014 or 2015 race where the Joe Gibbs guys, they had enough points to advance to the next round where they just kind of hung around and finished low 20s, high 30s were not factors. We won't see that Sunday. It's going to be a lot of Dyson and a lot of grinding on the racetrack, and then we're going to have the next at the Roval the next week. This round is super exciting, and, and Talladega is going to put some exciting racing on. Yeah, I think so. I think Talladega will be really good. Uh, David, uh, before we preview Talladega and get into all that, what do you think of the uh, the playoff picture right now uh, where things stand? Man, it's uh, <laughs> it's interesting, you know. Uh, you know, a little surprised at how well that Joey Logano is doing. You know, he's been a little bit of a sleeper. He hasn't been the guy that you hear people talking about who's favorite what teams are favorite, what drivers are favorite, you know, his name is not the first one you hear, you know. But, man, he's uh, he's chipping away at it little by little, you know. And, uh, man, he was uh, – he didn't win the race Sunday, but he was right there. I think he finished second. Am, am I right? Did he finish second in the race? I believe so. Isn't that correct now? Yes, yeah, second place. Yeah, I mean, you know – you can't ever count out Joey Logano and that organization, that Roger Penske organization, you know, and uh, uh, it, it's just interesting, you know, I'm surprised by 
you know, having uh, right now two uh, Hendrick Motorsports car towards the, towards the bottom of that list. Uh, so it's just kind of interesting how it's playing out. You know, Chase Elliott, he's, where's Chase at? He's seventh. He's uh, about 11 points ahead of the cutoff right now. You know, we, we, we talked a lot over the last, you know, month or month and a half about Chase Elliott being the, the favorite, man. And, and just looking at it right now, I don't really see it. You know what I'm saying? It ain't. Uh, there's been others that are running a lot better than he has here lately, you know, since the playoffs have started right before the playoffs. But, uh, you know, every week it's just, you know, uh, nail biters. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting to watch it all play out. Uh, but man, anything's possible, but, uh, but definitely, uh, Joey Logano to me is one of the favorites right now, you know? Yeah. Uh, Joey Logano there, uh, you know, the second place finish he had last week picked up 46 points. It kind of reminds me, Dom, of these old school racers that, that point raced a lot. I mean, Joey Logano hasn't done anything flashy this year, you know, only two wins. But he's been consistent up front there, kind of, kind of sneaky of sort, some sorts here. I mean, this feels like a, like a Mark Martin or Rusty Wallace type of season we're seeing from Joey. <laughs> there you go. Not a lot of wins, but laps led at some of these different tracks. A lot of top five finishes, more top ten finishes than not, and and then that parity this year. It, it's interesting to see that we have seen those drivers rise to the top, and we did see that with Chase Elliott over the summer. But if we're talking the entire season. I think it's guys like Joey Logano, Ross Chastain, Kyle Larson that have had those quieter years. They're not leading as many laps as some of these other guys, but they're still running up front, and they're up front when it counts. Yeah, for sure. That's, uh, that's a great point. Uh, Chase Elliott, uh, David, you mentioned uh, in the first place of the play, in the first race of the playoff, had a DNF, finished 36th. And, and then we see here at Texas another DNF. And this time finishes 30 seconds. Any concern with with Chase or that Hendrick Motorsports camp? I mean, I mean, sure, they've had some bad luck and all, but I mean, for a team that had that were the favorites, that championship aspirations here, they've had some things that just haven't gone their way the last couple of weeks. Yeah, just the the you know, it's just uh, it's just racing, man. You know, you uh, I know he's been a favorite. I mean. Uh, the team knows they had a lot of momentum coming into the uh, championship, you know, when the playoffs started. But, man, it just seems like all the hurdles and all the, you know, the bumps in the road they're having to, having to deal with. And it's uh, hadn't turned out like we all thought it would for Chase, you know. But, but you know, you got to remember Chase Elliott, former champion. It, it is Hendrick Motorsports. And, man, any given weekend, this weekend in Talladega uh, or at the Roll, you know, you could easily see Chase Elliott, the number nine car, back in victory lane. You know, that's how good they are. But uh, but up until this point, a little surprised by the, uh, you know, the bad luck and, and, and a lot of hurdles that, that, that they've had to uh, kind of uh, work through, uh, you know, and seeing him run so good Sunday and then having a tire issue, uh, you know, just bad luck again, you know, and uh, – so it, it's interesting to see. I think he'll be a threat this weekend at Talladega. And, you know, Chase Elliott's always a threat at the road courses and the Robles coming up after Talladega. So, uh, you know, I, uh, you know, I, you know, I think everybody's concerned, 
uh, you know, uh, they might not show it, but, you know, it just uh, it hasn't played out like they thought it would be. But uh, well, it's going to be interesting to see how the last two races play out, the next two races. Yeah, for sure. Uh, moving ahead to Talladega, uh, Dom, first off, before even the race itself, realistically, a whole question that should be thrown out there is if this race is even going to happen or not with the hurricane are we calling it Ian or Ian? Um, Ian, <laughs> I think. Ian. 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 Okay. Ian. Hurricane Ian is on the way. And I'm no meteorologist, but I've worked at news, and this thing does not look good. Um, and there will be a lot of rains and things that fall after it. And um, they're already talking about, you know, it's not just the race either. I mean, the Bucks versus Chiefs football game on Sunday night possibly could not happen. I mean, Several things that could occur. Um, I hope you have refundable tickets, my friends, because uh, it is not looking good <laughs> of the chances of getting the Cup or Xfinity races in this weekend. And in the words of Bob Pachris, Talladega, Dominic, does not have lights. Talladega does not have night. Like, exactly, no lights. <laughs> they have a campground called Talladega Nights, but that's off campus. That's a whole different story. Guys, I was looking forward to this race. And, and personally, the, the personal side of me, of course, would love to see this get in. Planning on being there with our Jonathan Feld to go cover the Cup race in the Yellowwood 500 on Sunday. But there's just no talent right now. And very fascinating, the fact that, right, as a civilization, we're able to, to do so many cool and innovative things. But it's so hard that weather tends to be one of the weaknesses of humanity. We're, we don't even really know how this thing's going to shape out over the next few days. But where, whatever that path this hurricane takes and whatever it does, we, we are keeping everybody in our thoughts and prayers with it and anybody that will be affected. And we do know that Talladega has opened up their campground sites on, on some sections to relief efforts. Yeah. And that's good to see. And David, I mean, you're one of these competitors that's directly affected by this. What kind of game plan do you and some of these other drivers and teams have going into this weekend, knowing that there's a decent chance that, <laughs> there won't be any track activity that we might have to push this thing to Monday or Tuesday or hell, even uh, try to fit this in <laughs> later in, in the next few weeks. I mean, who, who knows? There, there's a lot of rain on the way here. Yeah. You know, NASCAR does a great job. Uh, you know, you just feel bad for the, our, our great fans that buy the tickets and who come to Talladega and enjoy the, 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 the atmosphere, the party atmosphere. I mean, it's just you very, you very passionate fans of that part of the country. And, man, everybody knows the, the stories and the stories we've heard over the years about Talladega. But I, I hate it for, the, for our great fans. You know what I mean? These people look forward to going to Talladega, having a, just a great weekend. And, uh, man, last time we were in Talladega earlier this year, man, the, the stands were incredible. It looked like it was sold out and, and might have been. I just hate it for the people who, uh, for the fans that are coming and for them to have to deal with maybe a chance that it might rain and push it in, you know, into late Sunday afternoon or Monday sometime. And like you said, even Tuesday, uh, you know, but not so much worried about our teams and competitors. I mean, we're used to this kind of stuff, really, uh, we're dealing with weather. We're all ready to race whenever the it dries up and we can do it. Uh, but, man, I, I feel bad for the people in Florida. Uh, being from Houston, Texas, uh, growing up uh, in Houston, Texas, I've, I've been through a lot of hurricanes and the, 
the the destruction and the man the flooding and just all the all the man the, the natural disasters that a hurricane brings with it the tornadoes and loss of, of power and just the erosions of the beaches i mean it's just on and on and on uh, you just you know you just hate to hate to see that happen in the united states and man we we do so much racing in florida There's a lot of great short tracks and uh, daytona and and, uh, you know, obviously Miami Homestead, but man, you just, a lot of great friends over there in the Tampa area. Uh, you just hate to see anybody having to go through what, what, what's fixing to happen, you know? And, uh, you know, so, uh, you know, if, if a race gets rained out on Saturday, we got to do it Monday compared to what the Florida, the people in Florida are going to have to deal with it. It really no big deal. You know what I'm saying? I just, I hate it for the fans are going to be there at Talladega. Hopefully they can all stay, but y'all know as well as I do. So I'm going to have to get back home and go to work. But, uh, you know, a lot of emotions going into this weekend, a lot of unknowns. I just hope that Hurricane, uh, you know, it doesn't leave too much destruction behind it as it's passing through. Tell me this, David, uh, strategy-wise, of when you have the weather factor, and we've seen just last year, Bubba Wallace won the Cup Race at Talladega with it being – rain shortened and everything um are you or your crew chief are you guys looking at all those possibilities before going into the weekend of when a race could be stopped or what those things look like you know trying to get to the halfway point i mean how much prep goes in ahead of time of factoring the weather involvement to race strategy going in you know, it's a great question. You know, we really talked about it this week, me and Jason Miller. We haven't talked about the weather. You know, we're just preparing for a, you know, a, a normal Xfinity Talladega race, you know, and, and the challenges we have. We talked about strategies, our setup, uh, you know, how, how we want the car to be trimmed out and just, you know, just typical race stuff that we discuss. Uh, we have not talked about weather yet, you know, and, you uh, Sometimes the night before or the morning of when we know there's weather in the area or, or we know that the weather's coming, then, you know, we'll kind of have a plan, you know what I mean? But, man, it's hard, you know. Uh, Daytona Talladega, great races, love racing them. And, uh, you know, it's just the way these races play out. It, it actually, a team like SS Greenlight and a lot of other competitors that I race against that might not have an opportunity to win week in and week out. We go to Talladega and Daytona and we're equal like everybody else. You know what I mean? So we want to run the whole race and try to be there at the end and, you know, and, and see a new winner, a new team win a race this year, you know? So, uh, but, uh, you know, uh, we, we have not discussed the weather. And like I said, when we have in the past, it's been the night before of the day of the race, you know what I mean? And sometimes me, as you guys know, weather just pops up, you know, and, uh, right. You know, you're just lying on your spotter and your crew chief to try to make the right decisions. You know, we we've seen these races. Uh, you know, you get halfway through it, somebody makes a decision not to pit, and uh, other everybody else pits. And next thing you know, uh, the skies open up. Man, it rains and rains, and finally NASCAR calls a race, and we got us a new winner. But at the end of the day, you know, the record the record books. So I mean, when you win a race, you win a race. However you do it, you know, and. Uh, so uh, it's it's kind of interesting how, how all that plays out. But to answer your question, we have not talked about the weather so far. And uh, with that, looking ahead to the race itself, Dom, I mean, so many names that 
potentially could win this race on a Sunday. It seems like the Fords have been really fast on the uh, super speedways this year. But, I mean, you go back to Daytona just a couple weeks ago, and and uh, Austin Dillon uh, had the best car, and that Chevrolet was, was right up there. Another RCR car, teammate of uh, – of, of uh, Tyler Reddick there. Who, who are some of the names that you're watching for this weekend in Talladega? You're right. So there's something about the blue ovals at super speeder races this year. Brad Keselowski in the sixth car, Chris Busher, or should I say Christopher Busher with the RFK racing team. They have looked really strong as of late. And I, I feel like super speeder racing could play into that this weekend as well. I think any of your playoff guys, the track house guys, we saw Ross Chastain win this race in April. Trackhouse looked really good. Kyle Larson, Chase Elliott, a lot of the Chevy guys. I'm not sure about the Toyota camp. I guess the jury will have to be remaining to be seen for this weekend. But I don't know. I think we're going to see a really good race. And, God, I just, I just hope we have a clean, fun 500-mile race and hope we can get in on Sunday. Yeah, hopefully so. Uh, hopefully so. And uh, with the playoff factor in all this, David, we've seen, as Dominic mentioned earlier, in the past, this has been an elimination race for the playoff. Now, with this year being the second race and then having a race after it to kind of redeem yourself here, if you were in this situation, David, what would you like better, the win-or-go-home excitement of uh, it being the last race, or do you like this scenario where teams kind of have a chance to recover and rebound next week for another shot to move on? Man, I kind of like having a chance to – rebound and recover, you know, uh, you know, you don't know how Daytona Talladega is. And, uh, you know, looking back at Daytona, the twin 125s that crank up the, our season this year. I mean, you look at what Chris Boucher and what Brad Keselowski done, they won both those races, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, and, and looking at, uh, the Daytona race not too long ago when they were coming down to the end and went to turn one and just, just a freak thing, a shower happened, just, just, at the last minute, Denny Hamlin, and I forgot who was leading, uh, drove off into turn one. And, man, it, it almost wrecked every car out there, you know. So uh, it's kind of hard to pick a favorite for uh, for this week. But, you know, like Dominic was saying, man, you know it's going to be a very competitive race. Uh, you know, the, you know, look at Ricky Stenhouse Jr., Michael McDowell. I mean, you just, you just never know how it's going to play out. You know, you could have a Cinderella story where – you know, somebody we're not used to seeing win, win Talladega, you know, and uh, it's just, uh, it's, it's a, it's a fun race, you know, but I'm, I'm kind of, uh, Tyler, I'm kind of uh, excited and glad to see them for Talladega not to be the cutoff line for the, you know, uh, it, it's just because, man, there's just so much luck involved and, and uh, you just never know what's going to happen, you know. And it's kind of cool that you get to reload and go back after it, get one more shot to, to advance, you know, instead of it just being Talladega, you know, if that makes sense. Right, right. Last question, and then we'll move on to our uh, news and notes segment here, David. And let me ask you this. Uh, I think one of the most iconic things about Talladega is it's not your traditional start-finish line that you still have a whole other turn before you get to that start-finish line there. How how different is that for a driver? Is your instinct to think, oh, yeah, I'm I'm at the center of the, the grandstand, I'm at the start-finish line, or, or do you know that going in ahead of time? Is that, you know, driven in your head that you still have another turn to go to get there? <laughs> but, man, y'all, you know, uh, my view, I love my view, you know, and uh, 
there's a lot of things that happen from coming off turn four. Uh, when you come off turn four, Daytona or Talladega, but talk, we're speaking about Talladega here and where the start finish line is, man, you know, when you come off turn four, you think somebody's going to win, but man, it's a long way down to that start finish line. And when you come through that big trioval, man, y'all have seen it like I have. And, and, uh, you know, I've, I've benefited from the, from the, from the start finish line being, you know, further down, like almost getting down into turn one, I benefit, but over the years, I also lost lots of spots, you know, thinking I was going to have a great finish and just the way the, the draft works and who had energy and what line had energy and who didn't. And I mean, it's just so exciting. Uh, you know, if you look like you look at the trial to the start finish line, man, over the years, all the different types of racing, it's been, it's so exciting, you know, and, if the start and finish line could be at, at a traditional spot there at Talladega, you know, so many other people would have more wins. You know what I mean? A lot changes through the trial all the way to the start and finish line. It's just amazing. And, uh, you know, it, uh, like I said, some people have benefited from that start and finish line being further down the racetrack. And other people have benefited and other people have uh, not benefited. You know what I mean? But it's definitely exciting for the racers the fans watching it and the people watching it on television. Now, I'm, I love the uh, the extended of, uh, you know, past the trioval of having the start-finish line there. But I hate the double yellow line. I hate that at Daytona and Talladega. Um, you know, it would be so much more exciting. It would add a whole nother notch if, if we got rid of the double yellow line. It would, but I think just because it's a, such a safety issue, I believe that rule came into play – you know, the late 90s or the early 2000s, because there were just so many drivers diving down there in some of the Winston Cup races and just creating a, a hazard potential for some of the other drivers coming back up on the track, causing crashes. Dave, I think you would definitely remember more on this than I would, but I believe there were a few crashes with the drivers coming back from the apron back onto the racing service that did cause some crashes, which led to NASCAR ultimately changing that rule. Yeah, you know... Uh... Tyler, I understand you're not liking it, but man, it's uh it's definitely a rule that's 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 you know it that was needed when they when they implemented it. And uh, you know, I think it's a great rule all these years later. It just keeps, you know, uh, things are gonna happen. You know, the big ones are gonna happen at Talladega and Daytona. You can't ever get rid of that, but uh, but it just uh I think from a safety standpoint, it, it uh it eliminates a lot of the risk if that rule wasn't in place, you know what I mean? Because, uh, you know, if, if you took away the double uh, double yellow line or double white line, whatever it is, double yellow line, uh, you know, I think we'd see a lot more bigger, bigger wrecks, you know what I mean? And, and mistakes and just, you know, it's a safety hazard. But uh, but anyway, I, th I think it's uh, I think it's a great rule when they when they implemented it. And I think it is still today. All right, time for our uh, news and notes segment in a moment. Today's show is presented by Ticket Smarter. Ticket Smarter is the official ticket resale marketplace of Worldwide Technology Raceway, where David won in 2004. Fans can also get tickets to any type of event, including sports, concerts, and theater productions. Ticket Smarter is committing to helping those in need by donating $1 from every transaction to various charity organizations. Head over to TicketSmarter.com to find tickets for upcoming events. That's TicketSmarter.com. Dollar Oregon standing by with this week's news and notes. Dom, where shall we get started? 
Well, let's get started with some penalties that NASCAR handed down on Tuesday, September 26th. The two Cup Series drivers from remnants of the Texas Motor Speedway Cup Series race. William Byron and both him and Ty Gibbs were penalized for incidents on track NASCAR deemed were violations of members of Code of Conduct. So Tyler or Ty Gibbs was nabbed with a retaliatory, I'm quoting from the NASCAR rulebook here, retaliatory vehicle contact on pit road. And it was an incident on Ty Dillon, fined $75,000, and the number 23 team was docked 25 owner's points, while William Byron, with his penalty as well, from the NASCAR rulebook, vehicle contact during a caution period, that was the incident with Denny Hamlin, stage three, Byron was docked $50,000 and a loss of 25 driver's points and 25 owner's points, which we know dropped him from third to ninth now in the NASCAR playoff grid. How about that? Uh, an eventful uh, weekend there, uh, David. That uh, that incident with uh, Byron and Hamlin, uh, NASCAR officials didn't even see it at the time. Man, that's what I heard, you know, and it was kind of when it was happening, you know, I, I uh, we were watching that really – those two guys were racing hard uh, coming off turn two. And from our buddy Mark Tate's condo, where we were all, where me and Dominic were watching the race from, uh, you know, coming off turn two, I really thought that uh, William Byron's car, uh, he got real tight off of two. And, uh, I, you know, it was hard to tell what happened, but, you know, uh, it looked like Denny Hamlin had hit him and it, and it kind of, you know, pushed him up into the wall. But after watching some replays and stuff, I don't believe Denny hit Byron's car. And, and Byron just got tight, went up there and brushed the wall. And uh, I don't remember what the caution was for. Caution came out three, four, five, six laps later. And that's when we see the incident of William Byron, you know, uh, letting Denny know how much he appreciated that, uh, uh, you know, and, and not knowing that Denny didn't hit him. It was kind of exciting to watch it play out in front of us, you know, because William spun him out and to see Denny kind of retaliating under caution, trying to spin out uh, William Byron and didn't, didn't really uh, successfully uh, uh, accomplish what he was trying to do. But you could see that there was definitely tempers were flaring on the racetrack and, uh, and to see how it all played out, you know. And uh, it was kind of interesting that I, <laughs> I had heard that you know, Denny was complaining after race. That was amazing that he could get spin out, get spun out under caution, and NASCAR didn't take any actions at the time, and then learn later on that they didn't see it happen. And then to see today, hearing from you guys, I didn't even know that a penalty was handed out. I mean, that's a pretty stout penalty for these playoff drivers. You know what I mean? Right now, wouldn't want to lose twenty-five points or or have a fifty thousand dollar fine. I mean, twenty-five. Uh, driver owner points that's that's big right now you know and then to to talk about the other incident was Ty Ty Gibbs I never I never even knew that that happened in the race that was news to me and I'm, I'm hearing y'all talk about it I didn't even know uh, you know that Ty Dillon had slammed somebody's door or slammed into a side of somebody else's car and now that I yeah that I'm learning that from you who's whose car was it who was it who was it who was having the altercation so it was Ty Dillon, but I'm with you, Dave, and, and you and I have watched the race pretty close. I don't recall when this incident happened. I couldn't tell you what lap. I couldn't tell you what stage, but I was rather surprised when I did see this penalty was handed down. Absolutely. So with that, David, uh, I mean, William Byron's still a young guy. Uh, Ty Gibbs, obviously, a very young driver. And, uh, you know, 
doing some things that are uncalled for here. I'm surprised by William Byron because we don't see him show emotion much, hardly ever. But the Ty Gibbs thing, not his first incident, not his first run-in. And uh, both these guys are uh, served pretty hefty penalties here. I mean, they, they won't they won't forget this lesson. Uh, they're, they're being served from NASCAR here. Yeah, it's kind of interesting, you know. You uh, you got to hold your you got to hold your ground, you know. You want to race everybody like they race you, and and uh, dude, you uh, you know NASCAR racing is like life, dude. You don't uh, can't let anybody walk over, you know, walk walk all over. You got to stand your ground, and uh, you know I, I like the enthusiasm, I like the passion, you know what I mean. I I, I don't can't sit here and tell you that I disagree with them. But, you know, the, under the circumstances of, of a championship playoff, you know, trying to uh, advance yourself and get all the points you can, uh, you know, uh, I think William Byron just might have lost his cool, you know. I mean, you can't really, when the caution comes out, spin somebody out, you know. It's just, uh, you know, there's going to be some consequences with NASCAR. Uh, but you know, uh, for, for us fans that were watching it, it was exciting, but, uh, but man, you know, it's, it's hard to balance, uh, you know, it's hard to balance the passion, the desire to win and your frustrations at the time. Uh, it's hard, it's hard to keep all that in check because there is so much at stake, you know, and, uh, kind of interesting, you know, but I think these, these, I call them kids, uh, these kids that are awesome race car drivers, you know, you kind of learn how to handle those situations uh, over time. And, uh, you know, now that the penalties have been handed out, I think if you uh, this situation happens to them again moving forward, uh, you know, they'll probably handle a little bit different. But I, but I can understand uh, why they did it. Yeah, yeah, I, I get that. So with that, uh, Denny Hamlin here, Dom, the enemies list is kind of building for him, isn't it? I mean – we know about Ross Chastain. Now you had William Byron. We're in the play playoffs here. Um, Denny's trying to win a championship. Do you still think some paybacks coming for those guys too before that's all over? Hey, potentially. I know him and Ross Chastain. That's been the rivalry of the year, second to none. There could still be some payback there. William Byron now beating with Denny Hamlin. It seems like he's feuding with a lot of these younger guys. The elder statesman of the sport, or at least one of the elder statesmen of the Cup Series, is feuding with some of your up-and-coming drivers. It'll be fun to see how this plays out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, it'll be very fascinating to see. What you else know, uh, we got going on, Dom? You know, Tyler. I, I, oh, wait, I go just, ahead, David. Yeah, sorry, sorry to interrupt you, sir. Uh, you know, there's so much at stake. You know, Denny's trying to win a championship. Um, you know, even though it, to me, what I saw was a racing act, a racing thing. It was just, man, they're racing hard. Byron thought Denny got into him. I don't think he did. Uh, you know, uh, it's hard to kind of retaliate, uh, you know, because when you retaliate, sometimes you jeopardize your own, your own, you know, your, your team and your own car of, of damaging it or, uh, you know, wrecking your own car, you know? So, uh, there's a time and place for, for paybacks, and you know sometimes I don't I don't think it's the next race, especially when you're in a in a in a, in a playoff contention. You know, uh, trying to win a championship for Denny. You know, I, you know he he says the list is getting longer of people he owes to and owes a payback to. But man, 
you know, I think you got to stay focused on the task at hand. That's trying to win races and get all the points you can get so you can advance and try to finally win a championship. If that makes any sense, you know, I think it does. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Dominic, uh, what else we got? Jimmy Johnson in the news? Jimmy Johnson in the news. The Associated Press is reporting that Jimmy Johnson will be stepping away from full-time professional racing. It was announced on Tuesday, September 26th. Johnson, the seven-time NASCAR Cup Series champion who took a full-time ride this year with Chip Ganassi Racing in the IndyCar Racing Series, is stepping away from full-time racing. He wants to focus on some bucket list items that can include things like Le Mans, potentially an Indy 500, Coca-Cola 600 double, and whatever he chooses to do, guys, Carvana has given their blessing that they will back him. That's great. Um, some of the things that come to mind, David, as far as the schedule, I would think Daytona, Indy Coke doubleheader, maybe even SRX too. Yeah, no, no, no doubt about it, Tyler. But you know, you hate to see. Uh, I mean, what Jimmy has done uh, in the time he did it in to win seven championships to match the late great Dale Earnhardt and obviously Richard Petty. Uh, you know, it's kind of you kind of sad to see him retire from full time uh, racing. You know, whether that be IndyCar, or NASCAR, or, or 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 some kind of road racing series. But I would have loved to seen him come back and drive another year or two in NASCAR with the great team to try to win him his eighth championship. You know, I I don't know. I think he's still young enough, and obviously the ability one of the all time best. Uh, there's not many in. In the world, you know, there's only three of them that have had seven championships, and it would have been kind of cool to see somebody get eight. And, uh, you know, I always thought maybe he's taking a year off or two years off of NASCAR, and, and uh, he'll come back and he'll try it one more time. And to see him retire from full-time competition, you know, I was kind of saddened really today to hear that news. Uh, but, you know, he he deserves to do whatever he wants to do. And, and uh Obviously, got a beautiful family, and, and uh, you know, from a financial standpoint, you know, he—I'm uh, sure he's fine for the rest of his life. And uh, uh, but, but you know, now he's just going to go run cool to racing events, and like you said, Tyler, to run the uh, Coca-Cola Six or the Indianapolis Five Hundred, jump on an airplane and fly down to Charlotte, North Carolina, and and to compete the, uh, you know, I don't know how many miles that is, but uh, to to uh, you know. Uh, challenge that that almost impossible task and to successfully achieve it is kind of cool i only think there's been four or five people have done that over the years and uh but man i'm i don't know about y'all but i was sad to hear him uh, uh call it quits on full-time racing yeah and uh the thing that that i wonder you know as far as like teams he could potentially do stuff for dom it seems like that uh in IndyCar, there's still the Ganassi relationship that Chip says there's always going to be a spot for him no matter what. NASCAR, Crackhouse comes to mind with the Project 91 team. Um, Junior Motorsports has been hinting at some cup stuff for a while. That would be within the Hendrick family, too. What are, what are some potential organizations you could see him potentially partnering with? I mean, in NASCAR, he'll never run the 48 again, but it's hard to imagine him – not running a Chevy if he's going to run a NASCAR again. I feel like that Trackhouse Project 91 is geared more towards 
foreign drivers and Formula One guys, IndyCar guys, but I think they would make an exception if Justin And they Marks said so. Justin Marks said he'd love to have Jimmy. Absolutely. Justin Marks would absolutely cater to Jimmy Johnson. I think that would be the exception to the rule on that. But I think Trackhouse, maybe Colleague Racing in that All-Star 16 car, 16, 48, 48 divided into three is 16. If we want to get into numbers there, I don't know if that one's a stretch, but I feel like Matt Colleague and what he's building on that cup side, they look like they're getting stronger and stronger every year. Who's not to say Jimmy Johnson could end up with doing something like that, but I would say it would definitely be with the Chevrolet affiliated team. And uh, what was real funny too was uh, we saw Alex Bowman tweet out that uh, Alex Bowman's World Outlaws team which is partnered with Ally, of course, uh, a Jimmy Johnson partner as well. You know, he, he had the joke about that <laughs> that Jimmy was going to run World of Outlaws, the 92-race schedule. That's not happening, obviously. But, I mean, David, wouldn't that be awesome to see even Jimmy running some dirt races or something? Man, you know, it'd be kind of cool. It's cool to see Jimmy Johnson racing in anything. It's all, you know, we all tune in and watch him. Um but man, what a what a, one of the all time best ever to race a NASCAR. Uh, kind of interesting, you know. I'd like to see him in a next gen race car. Uh, I don't think he's ever competed in one, and I'd I'd like to see get his opinion, see how he would do. Uh, and with the parity that we're having in NASCAR right now, you know, I think maybe this next gen race car would be more of an advantage, or or more likely for him to get his eighth championship, you know, uh, uh, with how equal the cars are, you know. And uh, so, you know, a lot of questions I think about in my mind, uh, you know, I'd like for him to test one, race one, just to get his feedback on the new car, the design, and how it drives, the aero part of it, stuff like that. But with just the parity has been over the top in 2022 on the NASCAR Cup Series level and all these different winners, I, I think if Jimmy liked the car and adapted to it, man, I think, uh, you know, I don't think saying that he could possibly win his eighth championship would, you know, I think that would uh, not be surprising to many. I think it would be something that would be poss possibly a doable deal. Uh, so, I don't know, a lot of questions. Uh, you know, I, I heard what he said. Kind of cool to see him getting a sprint car, dirt car. There's no telling where you see Jimmy Johnson at, you know, obviously he's enjoying uh, some semi-retirement and going to go race whatever he wants to race and how he wants to do it. And uh, he deserves to do it however he wants to do it. But, man, for me personally, I, I was sad to see him retire from full-time competition because I thought he was young enough that he could possibly get that eighth championship in the cup side, and that's that's nobody's ever done that. One more note. We know that Jimmy wants to run, you know, the 24 hours of Le Mans. Um, and Hendrick Motorsports next year, Dom, has that special entry of the next-gen car that they're working on NASCAR with. I would have to think that that special entry is going to be one of two drivers. It's either going to be Jimmy Johnson or it's going to be Jeff Gordon, more than likely. Absolutely. I know Jeff Gordon's name has been thrown around for that. Who's not to see Jimmy Johnson's name would be thrown around for that and cross off one of those things off the bucket list. He did say, too, the paper's blank. He's got options, and he's going to see what he can pencil on the calendar. Maybe that gets filled in in 2023. Either way, that's a win-win for NASCAR fans if it's one of those two. Um, I, I would 
even I, I don't think Dale Jr. would do it, but if Dale wanted to, that'd be great too. If it's one of those three, that would be awesome for NASCAR. Uh, Talladega picks real quick. Uh, let's go around the room. Uh, David, are you picking Kevin Harvick or somebody else this week? <laughs> man, it's it's hard to it's hard to pick anybody. You know, you just man, it's hard to it's it's hard. I'm gonna step out there uh, because this guy's a great. Uh, super speedway racer. He's just a great overall racer. Uh, he's fighting for his first championship. And uh, I'm going to say Denny Hamlin gets it done at Talladega. Ooh, the two-time winner at Talladega. Man, I dude, so many good guys you can pick. I've heard like these races, you could throw all 40 car numbers into a hat. You draw a number and that's your winner. It really feels like that, especially this year in the parody. However, I think we are going to see one of your top teams win on Sunday, and I think Austin Sindrick gets his second win and takes his second Cup Series win. He'll do that at Talladega Sunday. Tyler, who's it going to be? Uh, Ryan Blady is not going winless this year. <laughs> He's really good on play tracks. I'll go with uh, Ryan Blading to get it done at uh, Talladega this weekend. That is our news and notes segment, as well as our picks this week here on Let's Go Racing. Let's Go Racing with David Starks, presented by Ticket Spotter. Ticket Spotter came aboard as the primary sponsor this year. On David's 08 Ford Mustang, we want to tell you a little bit more about what they do. Ticket Smarter is a national ticket resale marketplace with tickets to over 125,000 live events, including NASCAR and other forms of motorsports. Fans can get tickets to every NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Camping World truck race throughout the season. For the best deals on tickets, visit TicketSmarter.com to get your tickets today. That's TicketSmarter.com. David, uh, let's go ahead and get to our Ask David segment, where you guys submit questions to us via email, davidstarpodcast.gmail.com. Also on Facebook, facebook.com slash star podcast, Twitter at star podcast. And our first qu first question in the inbox this week uh, is for David. And Becky writes, David, who is an athlete in another sport that you believe, had they trained for it, could have been a good race car driver? Wow, that's a great question, man. Um Man, that's a great question. I got to think about that for a minute. Well, David, go well, ahead. I'm thinking about that. Dominic, throw your uh, opinion in there. Man, I was actually going to bring up the name. I heard this on the Dale Jr. download a couple of years ago with Daryl Waltrip. And when he was having his issues at Die Guard Racing, they were thinking of bringing in Bruce Jenner to run some cup races and take over Daryl Waltrip's ride there. That's one athlete I could think of from back in the day that maybe could have had some cross-training into doing that. Maybe somebody in the NFL. I don't know, Dave. The, the Bruce Jenner one was fascinating because I remember hearing that in relation to Daryl Waltrip on how that was a serious consideration for him to run that car full-time, I believe, in 80 or 81. Man, that's that's uh, very interesting. That's a great question, you know. And, and uh, man, just offhand, I, I don't really – I don't have an answer for you. You know what I'm saying? I mean, uh, there's a lot of uh, a lot of athletes, superstars of the NBA, NFL, you know, Major League Baseball, hockey, uh, you know, uh, that have a lot of interest in fast cars. Uh, you know, one of the that, that comes to mind years ago when I was just first getting into NASCAR with the uh, professional drag racing team, Rare Morrison. Uh, they were building a lot of engines for the Pud, Pudge Rodriguez, the catcher of the Texas Rangers forever, you know, yeah. and uh, 
man, he was a big avid car guy. Uh, he loved NASCAR racing, and uh, man, I always thought it was interesting how how much he uh, he he liked racing, you know. And there's a lot of uh, other athletes and other sports that really love, you know, obviously drag racing, NASCAR, IndyCar type type of racing. But uh, you know, to be able to pick one right off right off my, you know, just think of somebody. I can't really think of anybody, but Pudge. Uh, David, what, what comes to mind for me is, you know, racing is all, a lot about how quick your mind can move and instinct, right? I think of quarterbacks in football, of maybe it's not even necessarily the arm strength that they have, but their mind of how they control the offense and what they can see is ahead of them. You know what I mean? We talk about race car drivers dodging wrecks and, and you know, trying to put themselves in the best position. I think quarterbacks, you know, like Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, you know, those guys, I think they would, had they trained for it, they, they would have the instinct of like a race car driver. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. Totally agree with you big time, you know, and, uh, you know, that's, that's a, uh, you know, uh, with everything, how quick they got to make decisions and uh, how they study the defense and change plays up and the strategy and just, you know, their ha their eye-hand coordination, uh, how accurate they are. I mean, I, no doubt about it. They trained, you know, I think you could see, you know, some of these superstar quarterbacks in the NFL be great race car drivers because of, you know, the abilities they have and the at athleticism they have already to play the position they play. I, I think you I, I think you're spot on, Tyler. I like that question. Uh thanks for the great question. question. Great question. Thank you, Becky, for uh, that question there. Uh next one in the inbox comes from Choo Choo. Choo Choo wants to know, David, have you ever gotten to design any of your NASCAR paint schemes, whether the entire car or parts? Man, you know, I, I really never designed, uh, you know, uh, that's kind of not my forte, but I have just had a, a blank white or black race car that I just added decals on, you know, and kind of uh, with the permission from uh, the partners uh, that were going to be on the race car to kind of change their color scheme a little bit so the car would kind of float. Uh, I've been involved in that, but, you know, there's not one that stands out in my mind that, that I helped design. I've had some great looking race cars over the years, great partners, uh, but I haven't really been involved in the design of it, you know. So uh, that's a great question. And, uh, you know, I'm not really involved in, in the designs of the different sponsors we have. Uh, they work with professionals. Uh, there's, there's people in our industry that, that are really good at, at uh, making the, uh, the sponsor, their name pop out of these cars, the way these cars look, the colors they use. And, uh, you know, especially when you're racing underneath the lights at night. Uh, but I have really not really been a part of that process. And uh, it's always cool to see the renderings when they finish the final uh, the final design, and you finally see what they came up with. You're like, man, that's awesome, you know. But uh, but no, I don't really take part in that part of it, which is a, uh, you know, which uh, is one of the coolest things for not only me, other competitors, and other racing teams to see how it all turns out. What's been some of your favorite paint schemes you've had, David? 
Oh man, there's been so many. <laughs> you know, so many. Uh, water, obviously, Waterburger, uh, the Brett Bear Special Report car. You know, I mean, it's just, you know, my Chasco race cars over the years. Uh, you know, when I drove for Spears Manufacturing, uh, you know, those were cool looking race trucks. Uh, you know, we just had a great sponsor, Good Boy Vodka, the other, you know, a couple weeks ago at Bristol. That car looked great. Uh, when I did a throwback to AJ Foyt, I thought that was a cool looking race car. I mean, there's just been so many uh, that have been just, you know, to me, outstanding. They look great. They look fast. Uh, and man, the, the fans have liked them, you know what I mean? So, uh, but those are some that come to mind. <laughs> An iconic paint scheme just goes a long way. You know, off the top of my head, I think of, you know, Jeff Gordon's Flames car and the Rainbow Warrior car. I think everybody forgets his AARP car. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, you know, Dale Earnhardt black number three good wrench, the Petty Blue STP car, the Dale Jr. red Budweiser car, and probably the orange Tony 20 Home Depot car. Those are the ones that come to mind of iconic. I mean, those just... They go a long way in the association of a NASCAR driver and, and their fan base and creating an identity. Well, I'm going to be the oddball here, and I do agree with you. Some of those paint schemes, they are just going to live forever on a NASCAR. This one has always done it for me. The 1998 <laughs> Phillips Ford that Jeff Bodine drove. And granted, right, you guys know I'm close with Jeff Bodine, but even before that, before I knew him, when a, I was a five, six-year-old boy playing NASCAR 99 on the PlayStation. I always drove that car. And that's the car that really got me hooked on NASCAR, raced it any chance I got. I even have a 124 scale of that car at my desk. And, and I really enjoy that. People ask me, oh, what's this car? And I love discussing it and giving the backstory on it. For me, it's that car. Tyler, how do we know? We could have guessed that one easily. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that was that was the low-hanging fruit for Dominic. David, what's been some of, besides yourself, of, of other drivers and whether it was guys you grew up watching or maybe even some of these that stand out now, what are some of your favorite paint schemes? Man, just, you know, obviously Richard Petty, you know, that 43 SP, STP car. I mean, over the years, a kid growing up watching NASCAR, you know, uh, uh, some of Terry Labonte's uh, iconic colors, you know, with Kellogg's and uh, Frosted Flakes. And, uh, you know, the Dale Earnhardt one comes to mind. Uh, Jeff Gordon, you know, the, the Rainbow Color Warriors car. Uh, uh, let's see here. Uh, you know, those those are some that just come to my mind right, right off right off the bat, you know. But, uh, man, you know, the ones you mentioned uh, earlier, uh, Tyler, uh, just, you know, been amazing. Dale Earnhardt, you know, not uh, Daryl Walter when he had Western Auto and some of those chrome-looking cars that you really ever saw chrome you know and those things were kind of iconic and they were good looking with bright orange and chrome and man this those cars are very iconic for a while with Daryl Waltrip and uh you know you think about uh Junior Johnson and and uh you know the Bill Elliott number nine you know the Melling Ford uh, Mustang that Bill drove and won all those races with there's just been so many over the years it's uh hard to remember all of them yeah, and the fans, you know, they, they become fans of not only just the driver, but the product they're selling, too. I mean, I, I'll be honest, Dom, you know, next year, whether he was going to stay at Gibbs or not, 
it, it's going to be weird just seeing Kyle Busch not driving the M&M's 18 car. Uh, we, we knew that the sponsor was going to change no matter what, but just the fact that M&M's isn't going to be around, I mean, the two over this last decade plus have become synonymous with each other. Couldn't agree more with that. Those, those iconic, that yellow with the blue and the red and the green M&Ms, and just all the Mars paint schemes, too. I, I'd go beyond that and say the Skittles car. Having Skittles a part of the sport since the 1990s, like the Ernie Irvin paint schemes, the M&Ms car dating back to Ken Schrader, Elliot Sadler. It really is the end of an era. It's really sad to see that that's going to go. And, again, I think those paint schemes – will definitely live on in our sport for years to come. We'll see images and video, and they're going to show back some past NASCAR races when they start showing promos for next year's races. We're still going to see that 18 car in that. And, man, the, the Interstate Batteries car, too, Dave and Tyler, I would say is another iconic one. When you think back to Dale Jarrett, Bobby Labonte, J.J. Uh, Ailey, and Kyle Busch running that car, definitely that, that iconic 18 bright green with the, the, the red numbering of the 18. Yeah, and, and and I would say, too, one thing I, I think that we learned from Dale Jarrett, David, at the end of his career when he wasn't winning a whole lot, I mean, he and UPS were still a great partnership. Michael Waltrip with Napa, that was a great partnership. You don't have to be winning races even to have a good thing going with these partners in these paint schemes. It's about, you know, relating to your fans on and off the track. Man, you hit it right on the, the – you hit the nail right on the head, man. Uh, you know, when you think about the big brown truck, man, I remember – Oh, yeah. You know, UPS, you think of UPS, you think of Del, Del Jarrett, you know. And, uh, you know, I, I still look at the Interstate Batteries car and think of Bobby, Bobby Labonte, you know. And, uh, you know, when I see Tide at the local grocery store, when I see that Tide box, I think of Ricky Rudd, you know. And, uh, yeah. you know, just some some – products go with certain drivers you know and uh man they last a lifetime you know you can't uh you know you just think about that you know the the um, you know when you see gm gm anything that black logo it's got blue in it you see that gm you know i think of dale earnhardt you know and uh yeah it's uh there were some, those were some cool ones you know and um but man i can't help when i go into uh you know when i see Another one that comes to mind, Coors Light. People drinking Coors Light. You know, who do you guys think of? Sterling Marlin, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so pretty Those cool mountains stuff. mountains running along the side of the paint scheme, especially in the Chip Ganassi days and the Dodge days. That silver bullet car, man, it's one of the more iconic ones of the mid-2000s. Absolutely. I loved it, uh, Dom, when my, my, I think it was our first visit to Daytona, or uh, it was first or second visit. And uh, we met up with Sterling Marlin's family. Sterling wasn't there, but the only beer was Cooler's Light. I mean, that, that was all that we were going to have with the Marlin family. You know what oh, I mean? Big time. Big That's time. His, his wife and I believe maybe daughters, daughters-in-law. There was some family, extended Marlin family there at that dinner that night. That's and all they were drinking. That's all there was. And, and <laughs> you have to keep in mind, Coors had not been sponsoring him for, what, almost 20 years at that point, And they were still loyal to the brand. All right. And it's a great story. Uh, I love it. Uh, it's terrific just to see that that loyalty. I mean, Lowe's, you know, they, they didn't finish with Jimmy Johnson at the end of his NASCAR career. But I, I think they probably came away with that, Dom, saying, you know what? I, I think Jimmy Johnson's probably made Lowe's a lot of money over the years. I, I would guess that Jimmy probably doesn't have to 
to pay for anything still when it goes into Lowe's. I would imagine so. And, and heck, they got their money's worth. They got out of the sport. But, yes, it was a great partnership. That's another iconic paint scheme, Lowe's and Jimmy Johnson over the years. And just backtracking a couple steps here, I did get word from somebody. I won't name them, but a source close to the Marlin family said, as of a few years ago, Marlin was still getting free Coors Light all these years later. <laughs> well, I would hope so, man. <laughs> you have to imagine Jimmy Johnson's got like a charge card at Lowe's. Right. Well, I think, I think you know, they played a major part in, you know, I, I don't think, you know, when Jimmy Johnson goes to Lowe's, I don't think, you know, shop, shopping for the best price is on his agenda. I think he just goes there and gets what he wants and pays for it. I, You know, whether they pay for it or not, they helped him get to the point where it don't matter what it costs, he's buying it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I heard, uh, speaking of that, not to get too off track, but uh, along those same lines, uh, Regis Philbin. Everybody knows Regis. Um, iconic television host. He, uh, he, I heard this story the other day. He, he, is, he passed away a couple years ago, but uh, uh, in the last, like, 20 years of his life, he ended up somehow getting this free McDonald's for life card, and, which was very rare. They didn't hardly give him out. And he would show up at McDonald's and would try to use the free McDonald's for lifeguard. And the cashiers would be like, what the hell is this? What are we supposed to do? And they'd have to go grab their manager or whatever. And so he tried using it all the time, but it wasn't worth it for how much time it would take people trying to figure out it was real. So he would just <laughs> go ahead and pay for his, his Big Mac or whatever. And he'd be trying to use it for like a Big Mac and a Coke, not for like a large order or something. So. <laughs> Uh, even, uh, even celebrities trying to find the deals like us. So, oh, uh, fun, fun show today, guys. Uh, appreciate the listeners for joining us as well. Before we go, uh, real quick around the room, uh, what's going on this week, David, you're about to head to, uh, Talladega. Man, about to head to, head to Talladega here in a couple of days. Just, uh, you know, hanging out with my family and doing a little stuff at team Texas and just, uh, excited about the races this weekend and just, uh, Watching the news like like everybody to see where this hurricane is going to finally hit hit the United States and just hopefully it's not too bad but uh, but definitely an exciting weekend going into Talladega. Dom, uh, how about you, man? So I'm going to be heading back to the East Coast this weekend. One of my best friends, Matt Corson, is tying the knot with his fiance, fiance Maddie, and looking forward to being out there with Jonathan Field. And then we're going to take a little detour on the way back to the airport to Atlanta. We're going to stop at Talladega on Sunday to cover the cup race and the action there. And hopefully everything gets in this weekend. We're All our thoughts, I think I speak for David and Tyler when I say this, our thoughts and prayers with everybody that's going to be affected with Hurricane Ian over the next few days. And we hope whatever happens, everything's minimal and nobody gets hurt and people stay out of the path of that hurricane. Yeah, no doubt about it. How about it. you, Tyler? What's going on, man? I'm uh, I'm going to Waco on Saturday. Going to go watch that uh, Oklahoma State Baylor game, and uh, maybe I'll stop in and see a Chip and Joanna at uh, Magnolia while I'm down there too. You know, you have to get some coffee down there. It's a cool little place. You'll like it. Yeah. Uh, hey, are you still on your uh, on the? Are you still on your uh, Summer of Jones tour? I thought we canceled no, 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 it. No, no, summer's over. It's over. Okay. Yeah, it, David, it's the fall of Jones now. No, no, no. We're not, we're not taking any falls around here. No, no, no. <laughs> Summer Jones will return in, uh, next year, Memorial Day weekend. But in the meantime, uh, I'll continue to live it up. Uh, it's great to see you boys this weekend. And uh, we had a great time. And 
Uh, my dad was out there too and just loved it. And uh, I mean, so, so, so many great faces. So many uh, you listeners we ran into over the last couple of days too. It was a lot of fun and we'll uh, look forward to being at the track again. Uh, Dominic will be out there this weekend. David will too. Hey, we got to we got to thank Mark Tate, man. Mark Tate, oh, just T top manufacturer, manufacturing. Just Mark, man. What he what he does for all our other sponsors, partners, our family members, and just our friends. You know, Mark always has an open door policy for us, and man, we just you know, it, it really it's much bigger than a thank you because he does a lot for us, doesn't he? <laughs> I honestly <laughs> wonder sometimes, David, what what would we do without Mark? <laughs> how do we make it without mark before we met mark you know right <laughs> well in that friendliness and the hospitality he and his wife carrie they do such an amazing job and just year round they're all around great people and always a pleasure they are they are some of the the nicest people i've met on the nascar circuit and david i will tell you they're always a shining light heading to texas motor speedway always enjoy catching up with mark and carrie absolutely man yeah they're the absolute best uh we thank them and and I uh, thank you guys for joining us here on Let's Go Racing this week. As always, you can subscribe to the show. New episodes out each and every Wednesday. Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, as well as YouTube. Leave us a five-star review or, or don't leave us one at all. And uh, hit that like button uh, as well. Check us out social media, facebook.com slash starpodcast, Twitter at starpodcast, and by email, davidstarpodcast at gmail.com. For David Starr, Dominic Armagon, I'm Tyler Jones. Put the checkered flag out on this episode. We'll see you next week here on Let's Go Racing. So long, everybody.